0: Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell. today, we talked about Ron DeSantis and his very sad trombone campaign. Also, about Nikki Haley and whether or not there's a path for her. And a little bit about Sam Bankman-Fried's conviction. Here's the show. All right, so let's start with our boy, Ron DeSantis. Um, you know... People are starting to notice that his 19-point re-election victory was really just like two points ahead of Marco Rubio and maybe not like indicative of some gigantic superpower that he had. And uh, people are now listening to his voice when he speaks and watching how he makes weird facial things and noticing that he can't keep people around... What do you think?
1: So the thing that I noticed and the reason I wanted to talk about uh, our good old boy DeSantis, who we don't talk about that much anymore because he's it's just irrelevant. It's the same story over and over again, which is just a slow slide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Rick Scott, not to be confused with Tim Scott, who is one of the people polling at 2% in the Republican primary. Or Michael
0: Scott from the office.
1: (laughs) Or Michael Scott. Uh, All different people. Very Rick different. Scott is the bald white guy who is the senator from Florida. And so when you're the senator from Florida, oftentimes you might, you know, like want to help your buddy, the governor of Florida.
0: You do. You're all part the of the same, same stuff, delegation. Right? Yeah. Got to see him at events and. Just,
1: you know, and look, Kim Reynolds in Iowa, who is clearly close to DeSantis and hates Donald Trump. She sat on the sidelines and Rick Scott could have stayed on the sidelines. But instead, he chose to be one of the early senators to come out and endorse Donald Trump the other day.
0: Mm, so and it was time to consolidate the field.
1: Time to consolidate the field. Get out, Ron. Uh, which is funny. Uh, like, and I agree, consolidate the field. Consolidate the field, though. He wasn't just saying consolidate. Like, he wasn't saying consolidate to defeat Trump so that there can be sort of one challenger. <laughs> Correct. Which is how we talk about consolidation. He was talking about consolidation like, everybody get out there. and let Trump be the guy. Yeah.
0: Let's uh, <laughs> get back to our coronation, please.
1: That's right. Uh, which means he hates DeSantis.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? Well, two things. Right, it like- means he hates DeSantis and he wants to replace Mitch McConnell. Yeah. So it means mm-hmm. that if Trump is elected and uh, and Republicans take back the Senate, Trump is clearly going to demand that old crow Mitch be gone Yes. from leadership and rick scott has long wanted to right i mean rick scott has been running his shadow campaign for for his leadership spot for like three years now
1: he's been doing it poorly though i would say um i mean he's a pod person yeah uh and i don't know enough about the scandal that he had but like i feel like i've brought this up before on the show expressed my not certainty about why he sucks and like i get a lot of mail and it's something about he owns either like a constellation of hot he does something in healthcare where people believe that he was a fraudster in doing that uh and made his uh billions millions or many millions like with their ill-gotten gains uh but he's it, my observations i don't like i don't know that much about his history pre-senate i do know that as the guy running these shadow campaigns he's the one who did the thing where he put in writing <laughs> so right security, The like right? we need to eliminate got it, got security and uh and that gave joe biden what was like the biggest win when he was doing uh the state of the union
0: so you know sarah you and i often often talk about how the money in politics thing isn't really the truth right it's, it's yeah. you know ask president steve forbes how important money in politics is right? ask
1: president mike bloomberg how right. important money in politics is and all
0: true but I would say that the political career of Rick Scott proves that money is important sometimes. So here's <laughs> the thing. It's sometimes you it's... can buy yourself a seat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can do it at the lower level, I think. Um,
0: you because have that to guy like... has zero political talent.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure he can buy his way to a speaker sh- to or to be the um, leader of the Senate, but maybe he can. I don't know. Seems like seems like everyone's pretty mad at Tommy Tuberville. I don't think it's going to be him.
0: No, probably not Uh him. But, uh, but yeah, is, Scott sucks. But,
1: yeah, there is going to be a showdown coming, I think, in the Senate um, if Mitch McConnell. I mean, my guess is what he's trying to hold on here for one more cycle. But Mitch McConnell, like, what is I, I didn't even think about talking about this, but I, I was wondering this the other day. If you're Mitch McConnell, you're starting to have these health issues. People are sort of saying, hey, bro, time for you to step down. Are you sort of in, if you're him, are you in Joe Biden mode of like, I alone am standing between like Trump and like the entire takeover of this party. And so you're going to have to drag me out dead from here. Or is he like, if in order to be the majority leader again, Trump has to win, which means I got to deal with Trump again while I am maybe no longer at the top of my game. Like what, what is Mitch McConnell thinking right now?
0: I mean, I suspect he's thinking that he alone can be the, the, the true face of the real Republican party. Mm. And so he's got to hold on. And, and then also he's thinking, you know, if Trump wins again, I can be a majority leader.
1: <laughs> I think he's thinking both, right? Yeah.
0: And not say, but who, who knows? But- oh,
1: but anyway, can we, sorry, the money in politics thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my big thing about the money in politics, I was just arguing about this. Uh, was, I mean, it's not that money matters, not at all. It's actually that like the incentives have shifted wildly uh, from the sort of, people talk about like big corporate dollars in politics, uh, buying influence and it's actually now small dollar donors who are creating these perverse incentives for like the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens. And I'll just say this: this is I'm going to sound like a real like crypto Republican here. The thing about the corporate dollars is that the one thing about corporations that differ, that's different from individuals is that individuals sort of want right now like they want to burn it all down, right? And don't really. Whereas the corporations have an incentive for the system to function. And like for democracy to be in place, and so I'll take, I'll, I I would I would like it if all if people who like really had a stake in democracy functioning, uh, you know, I it is they they don't have nearly the power people think they do, and I think we are slightly to the worse off for it.
0: Yeah, I mean the the problem is that corporate money in politics does create a set of problems. It creates a particular set of problems around policy making. Hmm. Once you empower the people, the people create another set of problems, and the set of problems they create is about democracy. Truth be told, I would take the policy problems myself. I think that's what we've learned, right? The more, the more you get the people involved, the worse it is. You need mediating institutions between the people and the exercise of power. That's, that's a whole other thing. Um, back to Ron DeSantis. Okay. Because I would like to kick him while he is down.
1: Yeah, let's do that. With our with our boots, our lifts, with the lifts in our boots, oh let's kick. Oh my
0: gosh, the lifts thing too. Oh, what is it about this guy in boots?
1: Well, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't like followed Liftgate. I will say it doesn't matter. Like it, like, it, the, it doesn't, ma- I heard him, okay. I saw him on a, on a, one of these weirdo TV news, news maxi America first things. And the guy's asking him, he's like, so you know... You know, uh, Governor, they're just, everybody's talking about your boots and do you have lifts in them and your height and are you short? And he just goes on and on. And DeSantis is like doing that creepy smile thing, whatever before. And then in the guys, and the guy finally wraps it up by being like, isn't this just so you know crazy? Just respond. And so it's DeSantis has dagger. to be like, I know, DeSantis has to be like, well, yeah, you know, we need to be talking about serious things. And he kind of goes, he does this. It was clearly like a setup for him to look tough where he's like, if Trump had the balls to debate me, I'd wear a boot on my head. And I was like, mm, buddy, you're talking about boots. Like, you don't want to <laughs> be talking about boots. You're still talking about boots. Uh, brutal,
0: brutal. So, uh, If he falls to a real third. So if it's clear, if it becomes clear that this is a Nikki Trump race, does Santa stay in or get out?
1: So this is a great question. And I don't know the answer, but I want to game theory. Let's 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 game it out. Uh, Because. I will. I'm. I've been indulging in a little Nikki
0: number. <laughs> Nikki fanfic.
1: Yeah. Like. All right. How does Nikki do it? What's like the crazy fantasy politics path for Nikki? And it sort of looks like this. She's got to come in second in Iowa, uh, and she could come in third. But I think she she could come in se- like I think she could. I think she could have a three two one strategy, which is third in Iowa, second in New Hampshire. Has to be first in South Carolina, which is where you really get into the fantasy play. But here's the thing: in Iowa, she needs DeSantis to stay in because beating DeSantis is both important for her acceleration. Number one, number two, DeSantis's beef. DeSantis gets out, yeah.
0: she's got to split the Trump. He, she needs she's him got splitting to split the yeah. Trump. vote. and
1: it's not splitting exactly. He's just taking like some well, of it away. He's, you know. he's taking a chunk, right? It's not like they're like splitting it in half. But I do think you need DeSantis in there peeling from, he does two things. He peels some from Trump so Trump doesn't win at like 60%. And then two, she beats the expect, you know, and this is one of the funny things about the language, and I don't know when she's going to do it, but she should, is that DeSantis team has been doing two-man race. It's going to be a two-man race. Mm. Uh, And Nikki is going to be able to be like, this is not a two-man race. This is a man. This is a one man, one woman race. Like no, this is a.
0: That's wrong. She should say, "You're damn right, it's a two man race, and I'm the fucking man." That's what she should say, <laughs> right? She should just like walk around like Sam Cassell. Like you know, do you, you remember Sam Cassell?
1: I this don't, like, and okay, I also no don't mind. accept accept your premise that to say that one is the man and makes one the dominant figure. But uh, it's like Becky know, Lynch
0: I, in WWE, like her her her. I she swear is to a God. Becky Lynch, she's the man. This is what
1: happens when I read your triad. The problem is, is I'm like, I'm going, I'm into your triad. And then all of a sudden, I've got a whole section two where I've got to endure a wrestling metaphor to get the like political lesson. And I didn't even understand the political lesson once I walked through the metaphor of the wrestling. I don't know who these people are. I don't understand it. Why do you think it's cool?
0: It's Well, it's not cool. I mean, it is cool, but it's important. I and mean, the point is, she should say I'm the man. Okay. That's what she should do. Uh, and here sure. can I so there's one problem with the three two one strategy. Yeah. Is that while she's trying to go three two one, Donald Trump is going one one one. No, like it is tr- the, no, it's
1: totally right. This is why it's a fantasy, but like yeah. hold on. The the question is so first of all, I think she can go two two one. Like I think she can come in second in Iowa, which gives her more momentum. So then let's say then she rolls into New Hampshire. New Hampshire's a good state for her get a lot of independents voting. They don't have a Democratic primary, ex- except for the one between Joe Biden, who's not even on the ballot, that people would have to write in, and uh, Dean, Dean
0: Phillips.
1: Phillips. Okay. So lots of independents can vote f- in that race for Nikki. Um, and so let's say then she comes in a close to, like a really close to uh, in New Hampshire. Then you go into her home state. And here's where... This would, it would, it would hinge on South Carolina. She'd have to have enough momentum. And here's where either, I don't know if you want DeSantis, well, tell me what you think. Would you want DeSantis to drop out in South Carolina or would you still want him to stay in if you're her?
0: So, first of all, I think if Trump wins both Iowa and New Hampshire, the race is over. And even if it's this, really close
1: and people are suddenly matter. like, I don't know. No,
0: if he wins both, everyone's be like, geez, this is over. Why, why is anybody else even running? The pressure will be on her to drop out not on her to like be surging third secondly i think it's possible that trump's biggest margin of victory over second place isn't yeah isn't south carolina right yeah. this is the you know people like no, well, this oh is the that's really nikki's the- home state no well <laughs> no, sure no, no, no. i agree also that's a maga state so yeah you know
1: uh, it's 100 percent. and also i'm pretty sure the south carolina primary and the nevada primary are on the same day yeah and he's and gonna he's win gonna nevada crush like, in rush yeah, in the of nevada Australia. uh I think, that, and like, so I keep having, I keep having to talk people down from the Nikki fantasy strategy, but there is this part of me that at least is like, you know, one of the things I hate is if DeSantis is like the second, right? It basically is like the only way to survive in politics, in Republican politics, which I know is sort of true, is either to be Trump or somebody acting just like Trump and reinforcing all the bad stuff. Nikki at least provides this alternative to Trump. And also, I think, creates a pool of voters. So the longer Nikki stays in, let me kick this one uh, with you, because this is I think this is true. The longer Nikki stays in, the better able we are to identify like the normies in the Republican Party. And I think that those people are the ones the ones who like really ride with Haley are the ones who could vote for Joe Biden in the general.
0: So uh, you're exactly correct. Right. So the the hardest thing in politics is to get a voter to stop voting for somebody they've already voted for. Yeah, that's right. And if if she breaks people in the Republican Party from voting for Trump, even though it's just in a primary election, then that is the pool that you want to fish in to get people to then vote against Trump in the general. Yeah. Uh, Look, I don't think that Nikki's chances are zero. I think they're very close to zero, but they're not zero but there is only one plausible path for her. And that is she has to win both Iowa and New Hampshire. She, I mean, Mm. in order to have any chance, what if she just wins New Hampshire. I I don't think it's enough unless somebody else wins Iowa, meaning not Trump, right? If DeSantis were to win Iowa or Tim Scott, we're not going to happen. I
1: don't know. I just, I think there's a lot to be said for exceeding
0: expectations.
1: Uh, like she will get, she will get a real bump, uh, in people being like, I don't know, could she? Um, if Trump I, I just won g-
0: Iowa, I mean, won't, won't the bump go the other way? Like we finally had voting, and Trump is at forty-eight percent no, in I, I don't, Iowa. Not a, and
1: well, dep- what if? So let's say Trump's at forty-eight percent, so he's not over fifty, and she's at thirty-eight percent. No, like let's <laughs> say she does really well. She <laughs> if she goes he's at high. Forty,
0: and she's at thirty-eight. Sure. No. in okay. in, or, in
1: or in the thirties, and Desantis is at six percent.
0: Then maybe. But if Trump is beating her by double digits in Iowa, I think the person who gets a bump out of Iowa is Trump, not her. And then she is trying to stop his momentum at the same time that she needs to win just to stay alive. And I think that's very hard to do.
1: I So I, I I sort of agree. I just think that there's, there's the way in which if Trump is... If Trump underperforms expectations, like at this point now, we've all set expectations for Trump, but like he's crushing this thing. It's a coronation. And I just think if DeSantis is just peeling off enough maybe he's down at 10 percent, and she's breaking into the 30s and trump is underperforming and maybe like just cracking 40 or something there starts to be a different conversation which is i sort of think the best you can hope for is like for a period of time there's a different conversation she gets to stay in for a while and make a good case against him and then that helps in
0: the general election provided she makes a case against him right i mean that's the when do you think
1: DeSantis needs to get out
0: in, in which sense of the word? Define well, I guess, need for me. So for let's, his political let's do career. both. So we'll I think get, let's, yeah, for his ahead. future political career, he needs to get out yesterday. Yeah. Right. Because right. It, it's getting embarrassing. crushing the skulls of his enemies in Florida and reestablish his dominance over the near in-group, right? He's got to show the Republicans in Florida that he still has a great deal of power and that he can make their lives miserable if they cross him. And... Uh, every day he stays in, he looks more like a clown.
1: Uh, Have you noticed, this is like a, I don't understand this. He's on going on all these shows and he's got his earbuds in and his audio is terrible. Uh, And I know that maybe this doesn't sound like it would be a thing, but like when you've got a not incredibly tonally pleasing voice and then you decide i'm gonna take this voice and i'm gonna put it inside a tin can (laughs) like there's just he's it is i I, i'm like somebody get this guy a mic it's so he just it is it's like it's like the most amateurish clown show thing it's a small thing but like this is how you are trying to connect with people and you sound terrible like unpleasant to listen to
0: it's it's yes.
1: His team is failing him. Like, I don't know. It's K- Casey. Order him. It's on Amazon. They're like $15. <laughs> so he's not using his AirPods.
0: <sighs> oh, it's funny because it's true. So when when do you think he needs to get out? You think after so, New Hampshire or you think after Iowa?
1: I mean, I guess I'm so now I'm just he's part of he's part of my fantasy strategy. Mm-hmm. So I need him in. For uh, how long? I think through the fir- before you go into Super Tuesday, you sort of need him peeling off Trump stuff to give a Nikki a big enough sense of momentum that then DeSantis drops out. She's the uh, she's the only person challenging Trump. And then like you make like I want what I want is for Nikki to kind of be able to go the distance against Trump. Like, oh, she doesn't have to just drop out. After the early states, Um, like she's kind of in Super Tuesday and she makes Trump kind of fight for it.
0: Uh, She'll be Dean Phillips by then.
1: Maybe, you know, she's a little more politically talented than uh, I think. I think even I was giving her credit for early. Like, I know Republican voters don't want the rhino and like I've listened to them say. Even to me, even after listening to all these voters, I'm still shocked listening, hearing people say like, "I don't think a woman should be president." Yeah, uh, but she's quite good, like the, in the way that DeSantis just doesn't have political talent, uh, and I think Mike Pence has what counted for political talent 25 years ago, uh, and Chris, like sh- Chris Christie, has like some political talent, but also just turns people off too much. Yeah. Same with Vivek she's the only one who I think is demonstrating a kind of natural political talent that comes from having like talent talent. Like she genuinely yeah. has, I've
0: been in a she room is with her. smart. She's, she's very is, good. She's, yeah, this is the funny thing. She's actually not that smart, but her political talent is like, she's her political IQ is very high. I think. Mm. And on a horse flesh, you know, I like the horse flesh stuff. I do know you like saying horse flesh. She's very, very good. Um, She does have a problem, which is that when DeSantis drops out, he's going to endorse Trump.
1: Yeah, that's true. The
0: more inevitable Trump looks, the more anybody who drops out who wants a future in politics is going to be interested in endorsing Trump. Like Vivek will endorse Trump. Yeah. Whenever. And Vivek will get out the minute Trump tells him to. Yeah. Right, so that his seven percent or six percent goes right over to Trump.
1: Yeah. So here's I'll just push back on one other thing or just there's one other thing kicking around my head that I'm like, here's how I could see if I really squinted hard. Now she gets a little little bit of the big mo, which is every head to head that has come out for Trump and Biden, DeSantis and Biden, and then Haley and Biden. Haley's beating Biden by like five points. And Trump is losing by one, DeSantis is winning by like the most recent one I saw. But she's she is in the New York Times one. And then what I think it was Quinnipiac or Emerson, like it's a decent poll, she's she wins a general election by a lot. And there is like an electability, a little bit of an electability interest in the Republican Party. And you also have to think about the fact that there will be I don't know what's going to happen with the court cases but like I just I'm not going to rule out. That she doesn't get some momentum. I think, you know, I think you're right. There's like a 4% chance. But as long as I'm in, so you're saying there's a chance territory. Yeah. Um, I also find Nikki to be like, obviously sort of the least objectionable. Um, except for maybe Chris Christie, but even even there. Uh, and so there's this part of me that's like, if Trump, if that exogenous event they're all pr- praying for happens, I would rather her be in the dominant position than DeSantis.
0: Sure. Oh, obviously, DeSantis is an, an authoritarian creep. Um, I'd prefer Mike Pence myself, the American hero. I know. Um,
1: I, the, I've definitely read your triad. i tell you, you know, what,
0: this... people, readers did not like that. I It bet. is not often that I get like 200 people in the comments telling me I'm an idiot. But uh, boy, how did, this, <laughs> how did this? You know, it's funny. That happened the last time I did the Mike Pence as a hero piece, too. I like the yeah. third time I've written that. Uh, here's a serious question, though. And at some point, somebody will pull this. In a three-way general election, Biden versus Haley versus Trump, does Haley finish ahead of Trump or behind Trump?
1: Biden versus Haley versus Trump.
0: Right. So let's pretend Haley is the nominee and Trump runs as a third party. Mm. Because I think it is an even money proposition that he finishes ahead of her.
1: Uh, Oh, I agree. I agree.
0: That's a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, oh, he's really not easy. He's not gonna be I think I think he's gonna be the nominee. I mean, I don't he's, think
0: he's gonna be the president. <laughs> okay. God that's help not, us, this is where we're It's like
1: very early in the morning for me to get hit with this stuff.
0: Okay. Uh SBF, did you want to talk about SBF, Sam Bankman Fried?
1: So <laughs> Sam Bankman Fried. Uh who's not Freed? Kentucky uh,
0: Sam Bankman Fried. <laughs> uh, Bahama Sam uh, Bankman Fried.
1: Uh, So here's the thing. This is, um, you know, that there are these um, stories that happen and they're oftentimes big stories and I just don't care about them and I never bother to learn about them and I just don't know that much about it. And one of them is not just Sam Bankman Bankman-Fried, but like crypto in general, like at some point it was suggested to me by like a financial person, like, do you want to, you know, get into crypto at all? And I was like, absolutely not. And it was kind of like, well, this is like the thing that people are doing. And I'm like, well, not me. I don't want to, I just don't care. Uh, don't want to be part of it. And I don't know why I feel that way, but I but I do. And so, uh, but part of it is that it has allowed me to not have to think about, learn about, know about cryptocurrency. Um, so why don't you just do, I know that, but this sounds like way up your alley. Like I knew when you were like, what should we talk about? I was like, why don't you explain the crypto SBF stuff to me? Cause I'm, I'd be, I'd be interested to just get the JVL version, but I knew you'd know everything about it.
0: Here's all you need to know. Uh, When the FTX thing blew up, Elon Musk tweeted out, SBF is a Democratic donor, so of course there will be no investigation. And here we are like a year later and the dude is heading to prison for the rest of his life. (laughs) Uh, What did he do? Well, uh, so he did a bunch of things um, that were all allegedly fraud and he took a few billion still dollars still allegedly
1: with <laughs> he's been convicted forever I guess
0: I don't have to say that anymore. Yeah. Uh it, and uh he took several billion dollars worth of customers money which they believed they were putting into a, essentially a bank um right so he was it was a securities exchange but the idea was I put I put a hundred dollars of my money into FTX to buy Bitcoin, and that money is sitting in my FTX account. And in fact, what Sam Bankman-Fried was doing was taking the hundred dollars that I just gave him, and then uh, giving it to Alameda Research, which was his other company, which lived right next to, uh, right next to the, the FTX, and, and was th-
1: run by like his ex-girlfriend, right?
0: It was, it was all run by all of them, at the same time. Okay. So, you know, like, on the org chart, maybe she's, like, running Alameda. Uh, Caroline Allison, I think is her name. Um, But but for for all intents and purposes, they're the same thing. They all live together. They all work in the same office in the Bahamas, and they're all doing the same. So here's... here's when everything went bad, and when FTX filed for bankruptcy, uh, the gentleman who was brought in to try to unwind everything that happened was a, a fellow named John J. Ray third. Now, I'm sure you don't remember his name, but you have read about him before because what John J. Ray III was most notable for for this was managing the bankruptcy of Enron.
1: Mm. You remember
0: Enron, right? I do. Here's what John J. Ray said after his first weekend of going through all of the FDX stuff. Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information. Oh. <laughs> again, this is the guy who did the exact same job for the Enron bankruptcy. <laughs> hey again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. Keep up to have you.